Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello and happy Wednesday. I'm Jason Cundy in for Mr. Andy Goldstein, who's working on the under-16 Welsh snooker championships for Nickelodeon, if you don't know. So you've got me today for TalkSport's Daily Poddy. Coming up, we've got Brighton new boy Adam Alana for you after he signed for the Seagulls. Simon Jordan takes aim at Bournemouth as the Cherries look set to take legal action against Hawkeye. How do you take legal action against an eagle? I don't know. We also hear from Stuart Broad after the England fast bowler joined the Test Match 500 Wicket Club. But we start with Williams agent Kia Jurabjan exclusively telling TalkSport that the Chelsea Ford has concrete interest. Yeah, of course he does. Both in Europe, yeah, of course he does. And beyond, yeah, of course he does. This is KJ on White and Sawyer. I don't think he's done a U-turn or any kind of turn, really. He's always been very much under the same mode. Uh, we had two very big offers, one from the MLS, and the insistence of the MLS was that, you know, you have to make that decision and come over on the 1st of July. And he's always been under the same note. He says, I want to finish this season off at Chelsea. And then the day after the season is finished, I will make my decision. So he has two concrete offers from Premier League teams on the table. He has an MLS offer on the table, which is a very big offer as well. And he's got two other offers in Europe. So William is in a, in a great position. He has four offers on the table. He's going to make his decision after the last game, which is the FA Cup. Brighton striker Glenn Murray joined Laura Woods and Ali McQuist on the TalkSport Breakfast Show. Glenn spoke about working under manager Graham Potter and also about the signing of Alan Milana and how it's a big statement by the Seagulls. It's a fantastic sign of the club, uh, it shows the calibre of player that we were able to attract now, even though he's, he's probably a little bit older than what, what, what we'd prefer, 32. But, I mean, there's still plenty of football left in Adam Milan. He's a fantastic footballer. Um, he's, he's been at a huge club in Liverpool. And um, I think it also shows the vision of how the chairman wants to, to progress the football club. I think he tried to sort of drip feed it almost as quickly as he could because we, we were going into a Premier League season. He, he had sort of six weeks to to try and get us to adapt to his, his style of play and it, it was quite a change. A little bit of a crash course during pre-season and obviously he was seeing if, if the players that he'd inherited were were good enough to play the, the brand of football that he wanted. Um, obviously brought in a few additions and... Um, and yeah, I, I look back at um, Crystal Palace a few years ago who, who tried to change their, um, 
the way they played with with Debor when he yeah. came in and it, it all went really wrong, didn't it? Um, and he ended up uh, leaving the club and and they they went back to sort of what they were good at and and the the their former style. Um, so I think looking at what Graham's done coming into the club and and changing changing the style and remaining in the Premier League, it's it's a really big plus and I, I think that uh, yeah, he can only improve from here on out. There you go, you've got seagulls and eagles already in the TalkSport Daily Poddy. And speaking of Alalana, here is the man himself. What really? Yes, yes, we're TalkSport's Alex Crookie Monster, the Crookster. I see the qualities of Brighton. I see the, you know, I've seen the infrastructure. I've spoken with the manager, spoken with the chairman, obviously Dan Ashford, the technical director. There's a plan there, there's a vision, there's a project. I'm, you know, I'm so excited to be, be a part of that. It's a brave move, isn't it, in, in many ways, because you're, you're leaving a team that are champions of England, European Cup winners, to, to join a team who, who, for the past couple of seasons, have been sort of looking over their shoulder to, towards the relegation zone. It's Presumably, there would have been easier moves to make where you could have stayed in your comfort zone. No, I don't know if, if I agree with you there. I mean, brave move, as I said, it's just a perfect move, really. I think, for me in my life now, um, you know, if you know me as a person... I don't think I'm ever in my comfort zone. I'm always looking to push myself. I'm always wanting to improve myself. There's, you know, one thing I have learned over the last year, there's no limit. And there's no limit to whatever you, whatever you want to achieve. You can, you can always better yourself every day. I've seen the best players in the world living with that attitude. People might see it as a brave move, but I, I see it as like, you know, a very calculated move, but, but the perfect move, perfect fit. It will probably be a, go down as a big sign for, for Brighton. But, you know, I, I don't really see it as that. I, I see it as a big move for myself, coming to, you know, a fantastic club with huge ambition. Yeah, looking forward to be, you know, be part of, of, of a great journey that, that lies ahead. Now, with the news that Bournemouth are reportedly considering legal eagle advice over the Hawkeye, yes, that eagle error, which may have played a role in their relegation from the Premier League. Simon Jordan told White and Sawyer that the sport shouldn't allow a compensation culture to seep in. If you put a lawyer in charge of a business, you'll end up in court. So when you're asking a lawyer to give you an opinion about what potential opportunities are, of course they're going to err in the favour of an opportunity for legal guys to get busy. Every single time we hear about legal issues around football, whether hearts are going to take the Scottish FE to, to, to court, it runs through the newspapers and it becomes nothing. Right, because there is a set of protocols that football clubs sign up to and understandings that they agree to and one of them is something called match validity which is the exceptions where referees and tech make a mistake there isn't a case comparing Tevez and Mascherano which are clear and utter unequivocal breaches of rules which the clubs themselves agreed, implemented and, and stand by is very, very different to being able to get into a compensation culture there's no way that the games are going to be reversed there's no way points are going to be brought back into the equation they've already understood that but this, then we move into the territory of a compensation culture. And this is specifically and explicitly excluded by the very nature of the rules they signed up. What you're arguing for is a legal framework for lawyers to find a place in sport where they can start to build a compensation culture mentality, which means everything goes, something goes wrong, compensation. Something goes wrong, compensation. And that's not what sport was built for. Mm. So I don't like this. I don't think Bournemouth will do it. I don't think they will, and I don't think any lawyers... Ask a lawyer next time you get him on, will you run this on a no-win, no-fee basis? Will you run it on one of those contingency arguments where you get to run all your costs and see how clearly they'll say, uh, uh, not sure about that one. Hughes and Croft hosted a season review with Ray Houghton and Danny Mills on kickoff last night. 
they discuss some of the big talking points from an incredible 2019-2020 Premier League season. I wonder if Ray picked Liverpool winning the league. Um, let's have a listen. No, tell you what, don't bother. Fast forward this bit because he does. What was the game where they came out halfway through? It, it was a Tottenham game. They came halfway through the game and said it should have been a red card. Yes. Yeah, I find that weird. Stock, I think Stocky Park also, admitted, uh, admitted while yeah. the game was going on that, I'm sorry, we got it wrong. It's like, hang on a minute, you should be fired immediately for that. VAR was brought in to eradicate those mistakes and eradicate those really controversial decisions and, and get the get the big get the big decisions right. And there's been too many big decisions that are wrong and all that. It's not VAR. It's the people running VAR. It's the people making the decisions, you know, hiding behind television screens, hiding at Stockley Park. Mike Riley's the, the head of referees. Never hear him come out and explain anything. You know, never come out and say, oh, you know, what we're going to do next. Who are they accountable to? Because the, the, it, some of the decisions this season have been absolutely atrocious. And, and I think a lot of that partly is down to, I'd have to say, the arrogance of trying to be different to how we'd seen it work in the past, where referees went to the pitch side monitor and the on-field referee made the decision. This is the former Everton centre-back, Alan Stubby Stubbs, with Paul Coit on Sports Day on TalkSport 2 yesterday morning. He was reacting to Leighton Baines' retirement and chatting more broadly about the Toffees. You know, he was very loyal to Everton and... You know, you look at his assists, not just his goals from the position that from the position that he, he had. That tells you, you know, how good of a player he was. You know, he was right up there with assists and goals. You know, in a lot of the seasons. For me, I think he's he's the best left back that Everton have ever had. Anyway, I think when you look at the time when he was, I think he was in in his real prime. He was up against, I think, arguably, well, he was the best left back that this country's ever seen in Ashley Cole. You know, and he still got thirty England caps, Leighton. And I think that tells you that easily that could have been sixty, seventy, or, or even more, only for only for Ashley Cole being in front of him. And and I think that is probably one of the biggest compliments that I could pay him. Look at Everton and what they've spent. They finished twelfth in the Premier League which is not nowhere near good enough. You know, our performances this season have been substandard at times for what we've spent. You know, Everton fans expect and deserve a lot better than what they're getting right now. It's easy to say of the players that you'd keep at Everton because there's only, I would think, I could well, I can count on, you know, one hand right now who I would keep. And for the money that Everton spent, that's just not good enough. Back to breakfast now, and this is Glenbo, Glen Murray, and Grimsby manager and former Palace boss in Holloway talking about Wilfred Zaha. I think he's maturing. Some of the things he does, I would have paid to watch myself, you know, and I was privileged to have him have him doing things on the training ground that, that were probably better than he does in a match. It's, it's, it's quite incredible how, how brilliant the boy is, but it's all about getting it in a team, being there just to do the things that win you things. And I think he could do that for, I've always said it, for a very, very top club. He's athletic enough. I think he's matured enough to be able to do that. And, and it's about playing him in the right spot and in the right place. And um, I, I think he's had his best year. I think he's learned an awful lot off of Ray Lewington and um, Roy Hodgson. I think they've done him proud. And um, I would like to see him have a go at the top flight, you know, even at Man City. If Man City dominate the ball like they do and they roll that to Wilf on the edge of the box, I swear to you, he, he will create things. 
better the other wonderful players around him. I was really surprised that, that Arsenal didn't go for him last year uh, and, 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 and decided to go for Nicolas Pepe. I feel as though he probably would have been a slightly cheaper option and an, an option that knows the, the league very well. And Staying in London would be would be good for him as well. He's, he's, he's a real London boy and I just think he would have been the perfect fit there. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it baffled me why they didn't go for him. The horse racing started yesterday at Goodwood with five races live on Talksport 2. Stratovarius won the Goodwood Cup for a record fourth time under jockey Frankie Dettori. Remarkable. Here is how it sounded. Here's Neyev Road. Santiago's come out after him. Eagles by day has moved into third. Stradivarius is only four short of Vroom. Then comes Spanish Mission as they head down now towards the last furlong. Santiago's moved through on the outside of Neyev Road. Now Stradivarius is in full stretch down the centre of the black and yellow. 100 yards from the line. Stradivarius produced late by Frankie. What a stare this horse is. Stradivarius creates history. Looked in trouble, but that was a fourth. Al Cap Goodwood Cup for him. Neyev Road and Santiago second and third, and then Eagles by day. I'm Paul Ross, and you, you lucky people, are listening to Talk Sport Daily. England took the series 2-1 against the West Indies, with Stuart Broad starring in the final day to help Joe Root's men get over the line at Old Trafford. Broad took his 500th test wicket, and we can hear now from the man who opened the bowling with him when he made his debut way back in 2006. Darren Goff on drive. Is he that old? But first, from the man himself. You know, it's easy to get to 34 and, and start just going, oh, I'll just do what I've done for the last 13 years and be okay. I've actually notified certain things that I really want to, to step up. I love that feeling of winning. I'm hugely competitive. I want to be involved in Test Series wins. And I think that helps me stand up at pressurised situations. You know, I've never shied away from intimidating moments in Test matches in any sort of cricket. And I, I really enjoy the moments that... Uh, you know, when the game needs changing slightly, I want to be that person. I want to be the person that gets thrown the ball or the bat when we need to change the momentum of the game. And, and I get much more of a feeling of success if you get two foot and it's really important wickets than, you, than I do if I get a five foot and, it's, uh, and they're not. So, yeah, like I've always had a big hunger, a big love for the game, but I think that sort of never give up attitude and always searching for ways we can win games has helped. Raw to come in. Oh, it's an absolute beauty! He's on his backside! Mavuma gets up and walks off, and Stuart Broad breaks the partnership and gets his man with an absolute rip-snorter. He goes away uh, whenever he realises something's not quite right and he's under pressure to keep his place. He goes away and works on his game, uh, whether it be changing his run-up two years ago to now making that left side stronger and which is helping him get a better seam position, go down the pitch. He moved the ball both ways in the, these two test matches. I mean, he looked like taking a wicket all the time. Two years ago, his average was just over 30, Stuart Broad. Blimey. He's now averaging 28 with a ball. That's how much he's come down. With the wickets he's got, you consider that takes some doing. He's averaged around 21 and a half the last year and a half in test cricket. Similar to James Anderson. Both of them have got their averages down from over 30 which was steady now to where it should be, 27-28. So, well done to both of them, but Stuart Broad has proven in these two test matches, especially in English conditions, he has got a lot to offer still. Now, if you're close to cricket chat, listen to the follow-on podcast with John Norman and Jared Kimber 
But we finished the poddy with myself and Jordan Jarrett Bryant, JJB to his friends, or is that DW on the sports bar? As this game is made up of the hoof, um, talk yes. talk us through. I, mean, well, I know the mastermind concept generally, but well, how it, similar it, to that is this going to be? Not at all. It's, okay, great. No, it's just <laughs> the name of a quiz. Uh, it's uh, I've got questions for you both. Five questions each. Okay. On the Premier League season. This is you can see the high brow. Yeah. Effort that's gone. Well, this made literally seven minutes ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was say, this was made in the last news break. I mean, yeah. Okay, serious, uh, I'm serious. The first questions will be about each other's teams. So, Jay, you've got an Arsenal-related oh, okay. question. Uh, what was Unai Emery's final game in charge of Arsenal in any competition? I think I know that one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he said. Sorry, Rufus was talking in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> this, this quiz already is doomed for fame, isn't it? Doomed. What was the answer? Um, that Man City got beat by Man City. Is the wrong answer, I'm afraid. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's the best wow. part of it. That's, that's... <laughs> uh, it was a uh, two-one loss at home to Frankfurt in the Europa League. Yes, we were, I knew that. We were on air. Oh, we're not still. Poor old Jules. Oh, no, it's fine. No. He was, no. I have to say, though, he had his, he's got his computer open. I watched him do no. that. <laughs> he, what, what, what are you accusing me of here, Mr. I'm I'm, nothing. I'm just okay. saying. Okay. Uh, Jay, which player scored 43% of his team's Premier League goals this season? The highest percentage in the league. I can only say Aubameyang. Is that your answer? Yeah, that's what I've got. <laughs> was, it, was it a horse? What was that? <laughs> what animal's that? Is it... the, the production budget here is um, it's not great, is it? <laughs> was that a right or wrong answer? <laughs> wrong, unfortunately. Did you ask what animal that was, Jay? I thought, I thought, that's that's I, more I, worrying, mate. Didn't, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> Sounds like a horse with bad problems. <laughs> Got serious issues. <laughs> uh, got serious issues. That horse. What was it? What was the answer? Uh, Danny Ings, Southampton. You said Arsenal. You just said it's Arsenal related. No, that was just the first question. You just said, honestly, you've said all Arsenal related. No. You've got ask you never. I said ever, the first question. You never ever made it obvious that it wasn't about Arsenal. Why would I say Bamiyang? I don't know. I don't know. Why did you say Bamiyang? I must admit, I did think. Why would you say Bamiyang? That's absolute. You said. You said. No. For the first question, I think, only. I think, I think we need a steward's inquiry here. Can How we, can are we get meant a... to know that it's not the rest of the questions? <laughs> Did you say the rest of the questions not about Arsenal? <laughs> Leave him alone. I'm still worried about I'm, that cow. I'm, that cow's got serious. That horse has... <laughs> the cow got to you. <laughs> All right, now we've Danny, established. Right, Danny Ings! What's going on here? They're getting conspired against Okay, thanks for listening to the TalkSport Daily Pod. You can listen to us on the TalkSport app. Of course, we're still available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast or where you get your poddies from. But if you add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen to all the podcasts, plus all your favourite radio shows as well. From 7 o'clock tonight, it's Brentford versus Swansea in the massive, massive championship playoff semi-final. Second leg live here on TalkSport, followed by myself and JJB taking your calls on the sports bar. That is from 10 p.m. Unless, of course, it goes to extra time, maybe penalties. Come on. Uh, great edition of the potty today and another edition tomorrow. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.